0: Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers questions about life dreams and happiness and each one took 5 10 or 15 minutes we've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment sit back relax and enjoy jumbo fellow adventurers happy monday time for a spiritual tune up thanks so much for the great questions you post below a special shout out to the infinite possibility members who's on who are on deck today The question I'm dealing with or I'm facing, and this is a slight compilation of several factors in one moving through change, anxiety and fear, particularly change. Mike, I struggle with change and have most of my life. I believe it is connected to fear and intellectually understand that change is good. But after all these years, change still brings me to tears and it hurts like a knife. Do you have any suggestion for how I can change my response? Oh, I am so versed in these these issues. I have dealt with the same problem much of my life through a fear of flying and heights that suddenly hit when I was uh, in my late 20s, flying over Kansas on a Delta airline, Uh, maybe seven miles high, hit turbulence, absolute inexplicable terror that lasted uh, severely for five years and in total for 10 years. And of course, given my life now and pre-COVID, I traveled nonstop. It completely went away. Um, Anxiety, sleepless nights, waking up and your mind is going like a little wheel. I totally know it. And fear. Hey, in the last couple of years, I've dealt with uh, atrial fibrillation and occasional heart palpitations So I'm dealing with this stuff, dealt with this stuff. I can help you. I truly believe I have something to share with you. Number one of my short list of things to do in moving through fear, change, uh, anxiety. Number one, apart from voicing the concern to those who might be able to make an immediate difference, like myself, a therapist, a loved one, a family member, apart from that, not that you are, don't go there. Don't talk about it. Do not claim it. Okay. I know so well when the plane would start to shake, I would want to grab onto the person, the complete stranger next to me and and ask them if they thought we would survive. You know, are you scared too? Uh, Is this going to work? And I would want to tell people that when I was getting on a flight that I was really scared, but zip it. You only reinforce it. There is a place to share these kind of thoughts. Um, when there's, uh, uh, somebody who might offer insight or when you're kind of doing your journaling, uh, we're not going to shove it under the carpet, but other than that, do not go broadcast on social media or to all your friends. Not that the questioners have done that, that this is going on because you only reinforce it. Number two, understand that, th- that your default setting is to be in grace to be filled with confidence. This is what comes natural to you. This is your default setting. It is not natural to be going through fear, anxiety, heart palpitations. That is an aberration. This is Temporary. I want you to see it this way. I do not want you to see yourself as this is who I am dealing with atrial fibrillation. This is who I am dealing with fear and panic attacks. This is who I am. I get up every night and have these arguments or these fears or these cold sweats. Is not who you are. I want to reach the deepest core of you right now. That is not who you are. It is a phase. You know, kids go through phases, so do adults go through phases. I've been in and out of these phases, and I've left them in my dust. You will move through this. It will be something that you help other people with one day, because you will have mastered it. This is not who you are. I haven't even gotten to the juicy stuff yet. Hang in there. Here's one of the biggest things that's helped me in all of these, Um, and that is realizing, and, and at first it doesn't seem obvious, that it's not one thing. You think... We tend to think that there's this one mysterious dot that needs to be connected. This one mysterious button that came from a past life. There's this one twist of complexity deep within our subconscious mind uh, or something that happened to us when we were a kid. And oh my gosh, if we could figure out that thing, that thing that you have that nobody else seems to have, there's no thing. There's no thing. You're making it this gigantic fire-breathing dragon, this Godzilla of your inner being, and it doesn't exist. You've got a number of little things that have accumulated, and it probably has nothing to do with the past life, and it doesn't matter if it does. It has nothing to do with you as a kid. It, it, may a, it may be a trait that you witnessed in your mom or your dad or a best friend or a partner and you started experimenting with it and playing with it and didn't even realize you were doing it and all of a sudden you've got Godzilla. You've got a bunch of little niggly worries, fears, little pests. They're little pests. They have a short lifespan anyway, but we're going to get rid of them, okay? And that short lifespan can last years. For my fear of flying, it lasted 10 years. Um, But in the scheme of things, it's nothing. I learned so much. It was like, one of the things I learned with my fear of flying and this applies to all fears and all anxieties. I learned it was like a place I would allow and involuntarily at first, a little room in my mind that I would go and be terrified. And I as I started to get better controlling this through some techniques I'm about to share with you. As I started to get better controlling my fear of flying and other fears, I would see and feel myself outside of that room, but the room was here. I was here, but the room of terror, I mean white knuckle fear, like pray on the ground and kiss the, la- the earth when you land. Okay, that room of terror was right here. And I started to realize like, oh, I'm not gonna go there, matey. I'm not gonna go there. And I would literally be able to kind of direct my mind away from the dungeon that was calling my name, come here, sweetie pie, come here. I've got something to show you, you're going to die. And it's the same for you. There's a room, there's a room in the mansion of your mind and it calls you and it says, come here for comfort. And it's got nothing, no comfort to share with you. And you will learn through these simple techniques I'm about to share with you to avoid that room to the point where it doesn't exist in your mansion anymore truly the biggest fear i ever dealt with was probably well probably many of them fear of losing my mother fear of um oh god everything and, and falling and uh, flying airplanes i was mega afraid and it's a thousand percent gone it's temporary okay so let me get to this place I want you to understand as well that not only is it a bunch of little little silly thoughts instead of one big one, but intellectualizing your way is a bright light. You're at that point. You said in the question, you can intellectualize that change is better. Um, I can intellectualize a lot of stuff, but I'm not there yet. And so while it's a bright light that shows you the way, and that's really good. A lot of people don't have that bright light. It's not going to take you the way. It'll show you that there is a way. It won't take you the way. What you want to do is get into the feeling of it. The feeling of excitement when there's change on the horizon. The feeling of excitement when you get to board a plane. The feeling of excitement when there's a lot of plates that you're spinning and you've got a lot of assignments to do and there's fear to allay and there's arguments to calm in the middle of the night in your mind. These are awesome challenges, and you're so designed to deal with them. You really are, and you're going to start seeing it little by little by little by little. I would also look for, like, what's the silver pill? If I could figure out that one thing, it would be gone in an instant. Well, it's always, I've always moved through these things gradually. Now, they can be gone in an instant, and that's what we would all hope for, but chances are pretty good that you're going to ease through it, okay? So, ways to get into the feeling of allaying your fears, anxiety, uh, trepidations over change. Number one, don't freak out of this word, but meditate. Don't meditate like anybody else. Don't meditate with a quiet mind. I want you to do some contemplative thought. I want you to go into a quiet space, preferably with your eyes closed and minimal distractions, but don't worry about a few. And I just want you to come contemplate like what is going on here? Who am I? Why am I afraid? How else can I deal with this? Ask the most basic questions. Don't, don't be like what happened when I was a a pirate in the 12th century, (laughs) you know, just ask, how can I deal with this? What are some things I can do to calm myself down? Um, Why do I feel vulnerable when intellectually, I know I'm a gladiator of love and joy. Ask those questions. Anyway, we're not just going with the intellect. I know I'm invincible, but like, how could I be allowing this to happen? Why? What is it serving? Where's the good in it? Um, Just ask all of the baby cake questions. Try to quiet your mind, feel into it. Things will come to you. Practice ideas and perspectives that make you excited about change, um, excited about the next morning, excited about the flight on the horizon. What would it feel like to be excited about it? What would it feel like to know that good things are coming? How would I be able to handle the rest of the day if I could carry this new perspective? that's what i mean when i say meditate i just just do it for 5 10 20 30 minutes whatever works for you get into a place of contemplative thought not the still your mind meditation there's a place for that but just contemplative thought like what's going on how else could i see this what where am i what am i afraid of and just do that okay uh number two Consider in those moments of, I'm pointing where I meditate, the couch behind me, in those moments of meditation, consider and remember the times when change or flying or fear served you well. I can remember times getting up in the middle of the night, terrified, and with nothing else to do i would start journaling i come to my computer in this room and i start typing questions and answers as if i knew the answers and uh by just doing something about it i felt so much better and i would write stuff that was insightful so consider how past changes other anxiety fear has served you and when you see that there's a pattern here of change being a servant and making infinite possibilities expand, you start seeing change as a friend. Another thing I have for you visualize. Creative visualization. Imagine you're on that plane laughing so hard at a movie you're watching that you forgot you were flying. Imagine getting off at the other end and you're thinking, I wasn't scared once. Imagine waking up just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be me today. Just visualize that. Number four, affirm. Come up with little affirmations. Uh, this is, you know calm and confidence is my default setting i was born to thrive the universe is pushing me on to greatness come up with a bunch of affirmations i'm excited about change i can't wait for the future i love my life just play with affirmations Uh, number five journal journal is kind of like a waking meditation do the same thing i told you to do with meditation but do it with a journal and number six be firm with yourself. Dang it. You're in a gladiator of love and joy here for eternity to rock and roll. There's something you're going through. Absolutely. And you're going to prevail and you're going to be the, you're going to know that you, that you are the giant that, that the universe wanted to be. Be firm with yourself. Do not let the fear or the anxiety or the trepidation hijack your life. I can remember flight after flight after flight. I would book another one, book another one, book another one. I would never take the bus. I would never say, no, I'm not going to go on that trip. It's like, dang it, Dooley, you can do this. Do it. You owe yourself. It's an irrational fear. It's totally irrational. And I would do those other things. And I would feel love for myself at the same time. But dang it. I'm not going to let this go and dang it, I'm going to face it and dang it, I'm going to open the presence that fear and anxiety and change um, have brought to me to unwrap because there's a present there. You're more amazing than you've ever realized and that this has shown up in your life is that yellow brick road to transformation. This is exactly the one thing that's held you back in other areas of your life and you didn't know why those other areas didn't blast off this area this area of fear, anxiety, change. Go there. You've got nothing to be afraid of. Be firm with yourself. Be gentle. Be consistent. Meditate. Ask questions. Demonstrate. Act as if. Don't blab about it to everybody, not that you have, and you're going to be doing so, so well. Fellow adventurers, it's temporary. It's an accumulation of a bunch of little things. You're going to move past it. Just look at other people who who are not afraid of flying. Look at other people who are not afraid of change. They got nothing on you. Nothing. Your default setting is to soar, to thrive, to embrace the unknown, because that's where all good things come from. Don't try to overmanage with your intellectual brain. It's good that you got it on and that you can see the light now go with feeling and be reasonable and, and and don't let the fear torment you anymore. You deserve it all, okay? And you can have it all. And these little steps will erode those little niggling thoughts and you will, you will rise above in glory and in confidence uh, in such a way that you will be a light as an example and through word and deed to those in need. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for his spiritual tune-up. This one is on the topic of self-love. Really cool question and and kind of uh, tricky to uh, unpeel the answer. Mike, I'd still like to hear your take on self-love. People, even Seth, have commented that you cannot love anyone unless you love yourself. But there have been times in my past life when I perhaps haven't felt a lot of love for myself, but it never stopped me expressing love to others at the same time, and even from receiving love from other people, even though I didn't feel good about myself. Either I loved myself more than I thought, or the saying isn't true. Do you truly love yourself? The lesson is solid gold. Uh, It belongs uh, in spirituality 101. Uh, It is the essential building block for us to be able to grow and express and maneuver around the world. You must love yourself before you can love others before others will love you. But it is such a basic fundamental, absolutely true. Absolutely essential that if you're watching Spiritual Tune-Ups by Mike Dooley, you're already in the PhD program. And I venture a guess, while you may doubt your own love, you are simultaneously your number one fan. And, and I have felt this about myself, uh, not, not as uh, obviously as that, that may sound. And I have certainly seen this. Uh, and people that I have crossed paths with my entire life. There is generally an overestimation of oneself, uh, uh, of one's value transactionally, a word that we'll be speaking of shortly, um, and over, uh, I don't want to say appreciation because you really can't overdo it. But I have seen folks really behave in a way that could only speak to how much they love themselves and place themselves and their own intellect over all other people. Come on, we see that all the time. Just watch the news. Just look at the opposing political party. They love themselves, right? So I don't think it's the challenging dilemma that that anybody watching this is actually dealing with. Although it's a it's a valid question, it certainly doesn't seem to be true for the reasons outlined. This is great introspection and great a great dig for going deeper. I do believe that in in our circles there is an abundance and there ought to be of love and appreciation for ourselves. Just look how you defend yourself in your mind to other people. Just look how, how you justify yourself, uh, your actions and your inactions. There is no shortage of love. But here's what we do with love. When it comes to love and other people, I've shared this before and I'm, I'm not the first, human love is so transactional transactional. It is so predicated on circumstance. And we don't want there to be this predication on circumstance. That's not true True love. As Neil Donald Walsh would say, that's real need. And people fall in need with each other all the time. I need you so much could be the word to replace love. It's not that they love them so much as they need them. And, and I, I will say that there is a love. In these conversations and I would say for the most part in our lives there is love beneath the transactions but there's this inverse relationship with love and fear that we can see everywhere now you you're in the love zone okay but you're also we're also all in the fear zone as long as we think life is happening to us and very often it is an inverse relationship the more love you're feeling baby the less fear The more fear you're feeling, the less love. And that doesn't mean love's not there, but it's become transactional. And not only do we do this with other people, but we do this with ourselves. It's transactional. I love me on a good day, or I love other people who love me. It's all got to be nice and rosy, but I've stubbed my toe. I lost my job. I got sick. I'm dealing with a cancer and all of a sudden, it's just like, I must not love myself. You did love yourself. But it's there's a, there's a grade here. There's a grade, and it hasn't been turned on all the way. And so we go back to this old adage that is priceless gold. Love yourself first. And we think we're bobbling the ball and about to fumble it on an area that we're good. We're actually good. We do love ourselves. But because there's grades of it. We haven't moved beyond the inverse relationship to fear, which is predicating and holding back our love due to circumstances. So as we move through uh, the the programs in time and space and onto our spiritual magna cum laude PhD black belt, um, it's time to start practicing the shedding of conditions. Getting rid of the transactions, feeling the fear and the love at the same time, seeing how that each of us could be greater, stronger, more resilient, more productive, but loving ourselves anyway, just the way we are. And that doesn't mean cop out, that doesn't mean stop growing. It's not in you to cop out, it's impossible to stop growing. It's a trend or a phase that people will go through where they just need a rest. And they do need a rest because they've made this transactional love thing. And it's the seesaw up and down. And they don't even know if they love each themselves anymore. And of course, by this stage, they do love themselves. And so when the seas become turbulent and things aren't manifesting the way you thought they would yet, they're going to. Don't start kicking yourself when you're down and wondering about self-love and maybe I never really did love myself and maybe I'm not all that after all. And then you start barking up a tree where there was no problem and you start picking yourself apart. Like I said yesterday, when people have anxiety and or fear, they tend to think it's this, this great, big, invisible, self-sabotaging um, issue deep within their psyche from a past lives. It's like, oh, it's not so hard. It's not so complicated that this stuff shows up means you're ready to move on. They're movable feasts, and you ordered it from the menu. Show me a little vulnerability. Show me a little self-loathing. Show me a little uh, insecurity so that I can toughen my mettle and rise to the occasion and be all that I can be. When something shows up that's making you question your self-love, know that you got the love and you're about to go higher than you ever have been before. See it this way. This is the truth. This is how it's going to play out. And it's going to just be a matter of time until you give yourself permission to love anyway, to go higher anyway, this lifetime or 12 lifetimes from now. So get it over with love anyway, love anyway, and see the inevitability of your transcendence over the things that challenge you, the things that poke you don't beat yourself up. You do love yourself. You are amazing. You're one of a kind. You are still who God most wants to be and all is supremely well. Just face your fears, look yourself in the mirror, tell yourself you love yourself, you hottie, you... Okay, I won't go there, Uh, but don't make it bigger than it is. All is supremely well. This is a golden rule. You've already mastered it. Uh, Drop the conditions, shed the circumstances, turn up the the gradation if you will and be born to a whole new world order jumbo fellow adventurers happy hump day thoughts become things i'm mike Dooley, and this is a spiritual tune-up let's dive in today to today's question sent by an infinite possibilities member why you care what others think Is the title. Why you care what others think? The question why does it seem I sometimes value other people's opinions? And that's what they are opinions above my own. Oh, I know this issue from firsthand experience. Uh, uh, They are getting space in my head without paying rent. Please comment. All right. So obviously, we care about. what other people think. May I say we all care and we should about what other people think. And it's typically with a fear or negative consequences. Nobody's afraid of other people loving them. Okay. Nobody cares about uh, the compliments that somebody might be withholding, typically speaking, but we do care about you know, walking around the airport with a roll of toilet paper stuck to the bottom of our shoe. When it's like, we, we, we wanna know, but we don't wanna know. There's two criteria here when we sense that there could be something unpleasant going on that we are aloof to. Number one, we're afraid that their criticism is spot on. We're afraid they know what they're talking about. And number two, all, all important, um, we're afraid it's something we can't handle, nor can we change, should we want to. Two criteria. We're afraid they're right, and we're afraid we can't deal with it. That's what's going on when it comes to our perception that other people are talking about us, uh, pointing fingers at us, critical of us, judgmental of us. This is so normal at this crazy primitive time in these sacred jungles of time and space, when we are all walking around blind, uh, using only our physical senses, tuning out our intuition when we know better and when we could do better. But we're putting out fires and we're dealing with life because it feels like life is happening happening to us. We haven't realized we are happening to life. So first off, cut yourself some slack it is so normal and for a caring person it is healthy it is really a good trait but i've got two solutions for you to help you surf these waves when they they show up in the future Um, i will point out that this dilemma can be completely overwhelming for some more so than for others when we tend to be, when we allow these insecurities, that's what they are insecurities that are warning signs that, that are an invitation to possibly step up. When we tend to think that they're um, just so numerous and that there's just so many things and, and everybody has an opinion and everybody might be right and I might be wrong everywhere, we can let there be a runaway train of fear. And, and that's something just you need to be firm with yourself following the solutions I'm about to share with you and realize that there's no long list of issues that anybody has. They're all finite. I mean, look, you're an eternal being. So if you had 12 million issues, it's finite, okay, compared to eternity, and you don't have 12 million issues. You've, you might have some toilet paper on the sole of your foot. You might have some acne uh, on the back of your neck. You might have some way of dealing with people that's insensitive and you're not aware of it. I mean, okay, you got three things going on. It's not this long list. Don't allow yourself to be swept away with this irrational fear of insecurities that you're wrong in every regard and everybody knows it. Okay, you just need to be firm with yourself. Here's how you fix the deal. Long-term solution. And this is like the answer for all things. Be self-reflective, consider how else can I treat people? How else can I phrase a compliment or otherwise? How else um, might I carry myself? How else might I um, accentuate my strengths and work on my frailties? Be aware it is the baby's soul who's like, I'm right, you're wrong, and they just plunder along like a bull in a china shop, and they refuse to look at themselves. They're afraid of what they might find. They think there's this big mystery on two legs that is themselves, and if they go self-reflecting, they're gonna go down into the abyss and never pull their way out. When you self-reflect, you're gonna find one thing when you look close enough. God. God doing her level best. God in her radiant glory. God here to rock and roll and love and joy, to serve and be served, to cooperate and dance with life. That's what you're going to find when you self-reflect. Don't be afraid. The long-term solution for all things is truth. And you're going to find out the truth of yourself when you're not afraid to look at yourself, Yeah, there's some ways you could polish that silverware. You could buff out that armor. You could remove those chinks. You could bring your game up a little bit. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? You're already amazing. Don't be afraid to self-reflect. Don't be afraid to to wonder how you could be less abrasive to your neighbors. Don't be afraid to, to invite yourself and your game higher. Now, this doesn't mean go looking for what's wrong with you but be honest with yourself and you will see God and you will see where you could, you know, do a little bit better. Okay. And that's okay. It's so good. Do it with a glad heart. Do it with joy in your heart. Um, don't be afraid of yourself, neither your appearance nor your behavior. There's nothing, there's no boogeyman or boogey woman lurking inside of you, trying to get out. There's just goodness. The short term solution, which should be done in tandem with the long-term solution. Whenever you sense critical judgment coming from someone else, vocalized, or you see it in the look in their eye, or their behavior, or you just sense it, even though they're smiling and giving you roses and chocolates, silently or vocally say thank you. Thank you. What does it say i think it's in the bible i didn't prepare for this something um i, I think it's something to the effect of a fool will always resist um criticism a wise person will always be grateful not because the criticism is necessarily right But because it's an invitation to look at something that perhaps wasn't being looked at and you might look at it and say, it's perfect the way it is, man, I love it. I don't mind that you don't like it, but I got another look at it and I was honest and transparent and I love myself. Um, And or you might find that they had a point. They were right. You didn't even know that you had that chink in your armor. Hallelujah. You're my new best friend. You told me I was arrogant. You told me I was obnoxious. You told me I was conceited or you showed me an audible or silent. Thank you. Step one. And step two in the short term solution, immediately go there immediately. If they're telling you that you've got something on your shoe, go and look. Okay. It might be worse than toilet paper. Um, Go and look, ask yourself for this observation, this sensed criticism, this critique or this judgment that you feel is coming your way. Three questions. Okay. This is how you go there. You ask these three questions. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true in any way? Maybe it's 1% true. Maybe it's 200% true. Is it true? Do I care? Do I give a damn? And don't be afraid to care, okay? You know, be joyful about it. Care that you got it, but do you care to fix it? Do you care to change it? Do you care to enhance it? Do you care to let it all out? Do you care? And then the third question, how can I handle it? How can I address it? What will I do, if anything? If anything. Hey, it's so normal that you care what other people think. And I think it's healthy, Uh, just in proportion um in moderation um with love in your heart no one's trying to to make you smaller i mean sometimes people want to make themselves bigger by making you smaller hey but they might have some really good traits and they're a really good dance partner and you might love them anyway and so let them let them thank you thank you i'll check it out i'll let you know what i think or or just do it silently but but don't be afraid and don't think that, that there's this endless list of things that are that are in need of repair okay because it's not like that God is beneath the surface here just a breath away just a little film away and you might want to clean off that film and it's all okay so don't beat yourself up because you care about what other people think that's a lesson I learned I do care about what other people think I can roll with it Uh, they all have goodness in their heart just as you do we're all doing our best Jumbo, fellow adventurer happy Thursday Mike Dooley time for a spiritual tune-up today's question uh, goes to a topic that uh, has touched my soul the first time I heard about it uh, but with further examination was not what I thought it was I'm I've been asked to explore and speak on uh, our fear our supposed fear of success often phrased as our fear of the greatness of that lies within. Now, I've been touched by this, and I've heard that beautiful piece by Marianna Williamson made even more famous by Nelson Mandela that we fear how great we truly are. Um, But I got to tell you, after slicing, dicing and parsing this all the way through, um, it is not that. We do not fear our success, in my opinion. We do not fear our greatness. What happens? is when we start thinking about the life of our dreams and soaring like we've never soared and joy unimaginable in terms of success and greatness. Those two words only operate in a world of duality. And while we do live in a world of duality, we forget that it's all illusions. It is not what we think it is. And if there is success in a world of duality, there is failure. And if there is greatness in a world of duality, there is whatever the opposite of greatness is, sucking, okay? Um, And it is this duality that scares us. And this duality that makes us, who are indestructible galactic beings of love and joy, uh, make us think that we're vulnerable, make us think that we are less than we are. Uh, And the entire equation needs to change. Really simply, the workaround here is to we were just talking about transactional relationships yesterday, uh, caring what other people think of you, um, what love really is, uh, and how rarely it's unconditional. Uh, we do this with regard to measuring ourselves and determining our own worthiness. And it's always transactional. If I do this, then I get that instead you're here to follow your heart. You're here to have a good time. You're here to play like a child, literally day by day by day, and let the magic in the universe do the heavy lifting. You're here to use your desires and your dreams to chart a course that sets you into a journey through which you learn of how awesome you are and how beautiful life is and how it's all a setup for you to go even higher. It's all about the game. It's all about the joy. Now, we can split hairs. Joy implies sadness. The game implies work. Somewhere we got to stop playing that. But the fear that I've been asked to address is a fear of momentary success. Being labeled a fraud. Soaring high with the eagles and somebody plucking us right out of the air. That's the fear. Because when we believe in terms of success, that I did this so I get that. It's a transactional thing. Somebody's going to come along, start talking about us as we mentioned yesterday, reveal to us that we're not all that. We are all that. We're going to believe them until we clean those, buff those chinks out of our honor. And we're going to spiral down into a nosedive. The answer is stop looking at things in terms of success or failure, greatness or lack. Start looking at your life as it was meant to be. A non-stop, unending dance into joy. Go do what you want to do. Go do what you're called to do. Go where you want to go, because you want to go, because it's cool, because you're curious, because you're exploring, because you're expanding. That's the nature of reality. And when you start following your heart and learning to tune into your intuition, there's going to be this unbelievable journey upward into the stars, a spiral without end. And people are going to say, oh my gosh, she's so successful. Oh my gosh, look how great she is. But she's just stopped comparing herself to other folks. She stopped comparing herself from fear to uh, courage, uh, greatness to suckiness. And she's doing what she wants to do. She's where she wants to be, including a timeout, including a day of doing nothing, including sleeping in or not getting out of bed for the weekend or watching Netflix for 24 hours. Indulge, play. Get rid of the transactional measuring stick. Throw that out the window. Don't delude yourself either. By thinking, "Well, I'm really, I'm really scared of success. I'm, I'm just afraid of my greatness." Ah, eh, no, not so much. Not so much. You're, as I said, as I said. So you're here to soar. Start soaring. Flap your wings. Play all along the way. Don't compare yourself to other people, and you will be talked about as legend. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, and happy frye, yay Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions you post below, especially Infinite Possibility members. The question I get today is, when is it all right to cut people out of our life and to stop talking to them? Now, i got to say... When I answer a question, I know nothing about the questioner and I don't want my answer to imply that they're coming from a certain perspective. So for the person who asked this great question, um, take everything I say with a grain of salt because I don't know exactly your perspective. First off, uh, often questions like these come about because there's a sense that there might be something unspiritual about saying adios amigo. I I don't need you in my life. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. There's nothing unspiritual about that. You've got to call the shots as to what serves you and what does not. If there was ever love, there will always be love. And you don't have to stay in touch for there to be love. There can be love in silence from a distance. Peace out it was all good wish you happily ever after and I'm gonna go find mine right now so no trepidation there it's okay you don't owe anybody anything neither does anybody owe you we're all here learning uh, about our power and the beauty that's at hand the joy that we are bathed in it's okay you can find your own way we're all gonna get back to that uh, place where we started in the palm of God's hand okay number two the literal presentation of that question um when can I cut people out of my life uh, and when can I stop talking to them again, this is where I'm not trying to overlay uh, my interpretation with your feelings, but the those word choices may may reveal some anger or just you know had enough and just totally fed up um If there's anger, resentment, there's attachment and you're going to find with an approach of cutting people out and stopping talking to them that it's going to be harder and harder and harder to do with that very person. um, That anger is going to keep pulling them into your life and they're going to keep whirling back around and back around because they're probably feeling it too. And the two of you need to work this out and the thing you're working out isn't agreeing with one another. It's respectfully disagreeing and releasing it. So if there's somebody in your life who's driving you bat crazy, um, the thing is to, to feel love for them and to disengage by no longer focusing your attention nor your anger there. Now, like everything else I teach, there's a ton of wiggle room. You're so inclined to succeed. You're so inclined to find your peace. You're so inclined to have traction. You don't have to be a saint you know, and forgive magnanimously um, to in order to free yourself from somebody else. Just the slightest effort on your behalf, perpetuated uh, for as long as you can handle it, will probably be all the strength you need for there to be an amicable, peaceful parting of ways. And that person will go off into the horizon and you will go your way and new people will show up in your life who are more suited to your temperament, your personality, the lessons, the growth, the adventures that you find so attractive in life. Okay, generally speaking, when two people fall out of interest, I won't say out of love, they automatically go their own way. It, that's the natural course of things. Now, if you're peaceful and they're angry, um, you're not as peaceful as you think. Okay? If, if they're just showing up at your door and they're fuming um, and you're just like you know, rainbows and unicorns, uh, you're, there's a little bit, at least a little bit of self-deception going on. Uh, it doesn't matter that you're peaceful in words, but angry in thought that you're parsing it and sensing it and dicing and slicing their brains out when they're not in their room with you. So that's awesome. A oh, little heads up. Let's do a little more uh, tinkering with the machinery here so that you can focus on the future and peace and love, opening a space for new friends um, without the psychoanalysis of your friend uh, who is so angry. And then... Um, You're going to find two things. When you find this peaceful calm and you have truly, totally released with some degree of love in your heart, they're either going to cruise away or they might change. When you change, the world changes. And when you change, everyone in your life changes. And those who can't change, move out this is like win 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 you are set up for greatness and not just because it's friday well there you have it one more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups thanks for tuning in if you enjoyed what you just saw or heard please share with a friend uh, thumbs up like follow whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this if you want more inspiration every single day i send out a note from the universe right now it's going out to a million people we'd love to add you to that list enjoy thoughts become things see you next time